Well, friends, I hope you have your Bibles with you this morning and will join me as we read out of Psalm 139. There's a pew Bible in front of you or your mobile device can pull up the scripture as well. I, I think Psalm 139 is one of the most beautiful psalms that we have out of the 150 uh, psalms. It's a very personal psalm and it reflects a God who searches and seeks us out, examines us, and knows us thoroughly. Follow along with me as I read this psalm this morning. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, or if I make my bed in Sheol, which is the abode of the dead, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me or how precious concerning me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am with you. And then moving on to verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Sisters and brothers in Christ, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, I knew before I even walked in that place that it would require a certain level of vetting and searching. 
I mean, after all, when, when they ask for your social security number and they want it days in advance in order to run a background check, you know there's going to be multiple vettings and multiple searches before you can even get in. And indeed there were. There were five separate stations where they checked you out thoroughly from top to bottom and all the way around. Station number one, you had to show your pre-approved pass before you could even walk in and get in line. Stations number two and three required pulling out your driver's license, handing it to the security official. He looked at it. He went down his list. He checked your name off. He handed your driver's license back. He gave you a long gaze. That was station two and three. Station four required putting your feet on some footprints that were already on the floor. Over to the right, there was a curtain. And behind that curtain was a drug-sniffing German Shepherd dog. Station number five, the last station, was a metal detector. Empty all of your pockets of all of the contents, so you take your wallet out and your cell phone and other things that you've got in your pockets and you put it in the little tray and it goes through and then you step through the metal detector. My metal detector went off. Step to the side, sir, they said. I stepped to the side and several of them started bathing me in those wands. The metal detector kept going off. You know, I should have known not to wear those steel-toed hiking shoes that day, shouldn't I? And finally, they let me through. They determined that I was not considered any longer a threat to national security. And in I walked. But you know, it was worth it. It was worth going through all of that searching, all of that scrutiny, all of that checking out, going through that maze of security officials, going through that maze of dogs, going through all of those metal detectors, walking through all of those security cameras looking down upon you, those men and women dressed in white shirts and black ties and black pants with guns and holsters and the earpiece in the ear and the bulletproof vest across which was emblazed with big bright letters, United States Secret Service. But you know, it had been a few years, in fact a good number of years since I had been in the White House, so it was worth all of the vetting, all of the disclosures of personal information, all of the security checks, all of the background check, all of the seeking and the searching out of me personally as an individual. It was worth all of that to get in to be totally searched. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me, writes the psalmist in Psalm 139. You know when I sit and when I rise. You know my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out 
and my lying down, you are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is even on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, in the Hebrew, literally, you protectively embrace me. You give me a bear hug, O God, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. You know, in every White House room, in every White House hallway, in every White House corridor, there are multiple Secret Service agents. And they are there to serve a dual role. First, they are present to be tour guides. So they are there to tell you a little bit about the history of that famous house or to tell you some interesting tidbits about past or current first families. But make no mistake about it. They are there to watch your every move. They are there to check you out. They are there to examine you, to scrutinize you, to see if you look or are doing anything suspicious. They are watching you. Now, you know, at first, perhaps that seems a little invasive, being under that constant scrutiny and examination. And the psalmist feels the exact same way here in Psalm 139. The psalmist is almost overwhelmed with all of God's scrutiny, with all of God's knowledge about the psalmist, with all of God's searching and examination and investigation. That's what that Hebrew word means, to search. It means to investigate. It means to examine. In our language, it means to put you through the background check. That's what it means. The psalmist is very much aware here that as much as he tries, he can't get away from God. He asked the question there. In, uh, back in verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And the psalmist even names. He says, you know, if I were to go up to the highest heaven." If I were to go down to the depths of Sheol, the abode of the dead, God, you're there. If I should go to the far side of the sea, the psalmist says, or even into the midst of deep darkness where there is no light, you're there, God. You were there, God, ages ago before I was even formed in my mother's womb and in my mother's pregnancy, God, you were there. God is the one who sees all. God is the one who knows all about you and about me. God is the one who examines us. God is the one who searches us out. And the psalmist says he ordains every day of our lives. You think you can get away from God, but you can't. As my law enforcement friends say, a couple of them here in this church, Wayne, we say it a whole lot, you can run, but you can't hide. And that's how it is with God. You can run, but there's no place you can go where you can hide from Him. You know that Hebrew word for to know? It's the Hebrew word yada. It's used seven times here in Psalm 139. Now, yada can mean, you know, I know a fact or I know something about you or I know you a little bit. 
But in this particular case, this word yada, to know, means to know intimately, to know deeply, to know personally. It is the same word that is used of a sexual union in Genesis 4, verse 1, when it says now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. God knows us deeply. He knows us personally. God knows us intimately. God knows all the good about us, and guess what? God knows all the bad. He knows all the dirt. God knows every thought. God knows every word. God knows every desire. God knows every intention. God knows every motive. God knows every habit. God knows every prejudice and bias. God knows every sin. And God knows every behavior and every action before it even hits and strikes our radar screen. You can't think a thing. You can't do a thing. You can't feel anything. God knows it before it even comes off of your tongue or strikes your brain or is a behavior in your life. He knows us. He knows us personally. He knows us intimately. Now you know public figures today face forfeiting either willingly or unwillingly a large degree of personal privacy. It goes all the way from the hacked medical records of some of our recent Olympic athletes to personal email exchanges between former secretaries of state to presidential candidates who are feeling the pressure to release medical records or their tax returns. We live in an age of scrutiny. We live in an age of examination. We live in an age of investigation. We live in an age where people know a whole lot about us, whether we want them to or not. Now, you know, that can kind of make you want to call up inside a little bit, doesn't it? It makes you want to call up. It's almost like we're frightened to be open and vulnerable because guess what? We just can't be certain who we can trust. Who is it that I can trust to love me and accept me for who I am? And who is it that I fear might attack me and reject me for who I am? So what happens with a lot of people is that we keep who we are to ourselves. Deep down inside, we only let a little bit of the true self come out because it's some, too much comes out. You might not love me and accept me for who I am. But you know, friends, I, I must tell you that two Saturdays ago when I was in, on that White House tour, I felt perfectly safe being on the White House grounds, and I felt perfectly safe being in that White House. Those Secret Service Agents, those men and women who were there that day, were there as public servants. They were there 
to offer protection for the first family. They were there to offer protection for all who work in that building. And they were there to offer protection to all of the guests who walk in those doors. And on that day, I was one of those guests. And I was grateful for their presence and their protection. So you see, the fact is, allowing those men and those women of the Secret Service to investigate me and examine me and to search me over ultimately leads to my protection and my welfare. And the psalmist comes to the same conclusion in verses 17 and 18. By this point in the psalm, the psalmist isn't afraid of God searching him out and examining him and knowing him. Listen to what he says. How precious to me or how precious concerning me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is, is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. But when I awake, I am with you. You see, Folks, once you begin to see God as a faithful father and as a faithful friend, we don't fear his scrutiny. We don't fear his examinations. We don't fear his knowing us and searching us over. The fact is, we welcome it. Because we know that in order to have his heart and his mind we first must open up to Him our hearts and our minds to His examination and His scrutiny. So we pray along with the psalmist in verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God. Check me out. Examine me. Put me through the metal detector. Put me through the background check, O God. And know, yada. Know intimately, know personally, know deeply, God, my heart. Test me and know, yada, know me intimately, God, know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, most people of faith, I've observed, most people of faith, when they are confronted with issues or events in their life, most people of faith really do want to know what God thinks. What does God think about this matter? How does God respond to this particular issue or event? What's God's plan and purpose and will for my life in this particular situation? Most people, if they are faithful followers after Jesus, they want to know what Jesus thinks. They want to know what God thinks. Most of us perhaps haven't considered is that this process of discernment, of figuring out what God thinks, really begins with God searching us out first to get us in touch with what we are thinking, as right as it might be or as wrong as it might be. You can't know God's mind until you're in touch initially with what's on your mind. And that's where the searching and the vetting and the examination. God coming to us 
and helping to sift out what's deep within us and meshing it with his love and his grace and his perfect will. You got to have the searching and knowing process of God in your life if you want to know what he thinks about things. So always understand that we are searched by God and we are known by God for good reason. Friends, this morning we're going to sing a hymn of response. It's, My Lord, you have examined me. The words will be on the screen because it's not found in your hymnal. And as we sing and continue to worship and to pray and invite God to know us and examine us and search us out, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? What, what is it that's deep within you that needs to be rooted out that doesn't have the purity of Christ and doesn't represent the love of Christ and the grace of Christ? What is it and who is it to whom you give your ultimate allegiance and you know that it may not be your faith? Maybe there's somebody here who's never even made a commitment of your life and your faith to Jesus as Lord and Savior this morning. And I invite you to let the Holy Spirit search your life and for you to hear the call and the invitation of God's Holy Spirit. It may be that you've been through our Oakmont 101 class and you're ready to become a part of the Oakmont Church family. Many people find it meaningful to go back to our prayer stations and to pray with one of our ministers or to leave a prayer request. And I think most of you know our church staff, our ministerial staff on Monday morning, we always pray for the things that you bring before us and for other needs in our community and in our world. So as we sing our hymn, I hope that you'll listen to the voice of the Spirit as that Spirit is searching you and examining you and inviting you to go deeper in your life with Christ. Let's stand together. Let's sing and you respond. Before we sing, I want to remind you we're going to be receiving our offering for our Baptist men and our WMU, and you can certainly come forward and bring that gift as we sing. All right, keep playing, ladies. Thank you. 